Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is the 24th of January. We are a week out, I think. Yes, we are, because we have 31 days. So literally a week out on next Saturday, we will be on February 1st. And these are my favorite months because it's cold out. And not cold out like East Coast cold out, but cold enough to feel winter, to feel that cozy feeling, to have those cloudy skies, even though it doesn't rain, and to enjoy the quiet, this weird quiet of this time of year, and, and I just love it. There is um, a great question I got as a result of the two shows we did on narcissism on Monday and two, or on Tuesday and Wednesday. And the person who wrote in asked me, basically, look at how I listen to these words, and actually sent examples of what they sound like to them and there's one big thing I realized we never got to on the show because we get so stuck in what they do those poor people and and I realized that I have a lot of compassion for that personality type I don't go in on them I I don't accuse them, although before I knew who they were, what that was, I just didn't understand it. And I remember saying to myself and even writing about it prior to seeing Christ was, oh, my God, this was the meanest person to me in my entire life. I had no other way to describe that level of methodical pain. Had I known at the time that they're just sharing who they are inside because they have nothing else, I just didn't even want to say the word they. Like, you know, they have, but they're a definite personality type. And they they need understanding. And they need compassion. It's not like we just go in guns a-blazing and take people down. There's a lot of people that have narcissism. They are very cyclical. People cannot handle the behavior to the level, to the simple level that they just have to leave out of self-preservation. But really think about what the narcissist is going through. It's You had to leave. They can't leave. It's their body, their mind, their mindset that they cannot get out of. They just lose. And they think that they are extra special. They do not want to do what other people do. They don't want to be one of the sheeple. But not that we should want to be one of the sheeple, but they outwardly will say that. They will look for something that's extremely different, so they will be known for different, known for special, because they don't feel it. And it breaks my heart 
to no avail. I just, I, it's like those of the people, a part of me, wanted to save, wanted to help, wanted to prove to them that love does exist. What I didn't know was, first of all, there's a lot of levels of it. Some are kind of that way to full-blown, they're going to undermine, they're going to gaslight you, they're going to manipulate you, they're going to outwardly lie, they're going to say the opposite of what they're doing, they're going to project through you. The whole gamut, which is the most damaging. And then I thought about what happens. Why do people go back to them knowing that their person, the person they're with, is going to become the way they are, the way they were. Psychologists will tell us that when you are with a narcissist, chances of that relationship healing through therapy are very low. What happens in the therapy is they get insight to you, which gives them more ammunition to hurt you with. That is if they go. But then I thought, okay, well, okay, there's there's a problem here and there's a problem here and there's a problem here. Why do people go back to them? Why they go back to them is something that I'm calling re-auditioning. When they feel you pulling away, that thought of being rejected is very difficult for them to deal with. And it only makes sense. Narcissism is based on insecurity, a fight for survival of the emotional self, hiding vulnerability, and being very arrogant which is the combination that, that, you know how like fear, doubt, worry, control, and guilt are your ego talking to you. It's working with the ego side and leaving the heart side out, if you could imagine. So they're dealing without that balance of heart because they figure, well, my heart didn't do me any good when I was little. Nobody paid attention to me. Nobody loved me. I got in trouble for this, and I couldn't wait to get out of that. You know, and, and they just go on and on and on about, you know, if you say you love them. And I've actually had this happen to me. I've had it said to me. I would tell a person I didn't realize was narcissist, I love you. And they would say, let me take that love to the bank and see how much I get for it. And I heard that so many times it did not even hit me that that was negative. But over years, because I was there for 14 years, I could not believe in my brain that anybody would ever love me if I lived with this person for that long and they can talk to me that way, that I did not deserve better than that. But I didn't know what I was dealing with. But what happened when my, my 
soul was being asked over and over and over again for a divorce, that's where the power struggle was because I did not want a divorce. I was going to see this through till the end. And had he been nice, I'd still be there today. But what happened? Just two people. Forget that it was me and forget that it was him. The minute I agreed to the divorce, he did something called re-auditioning. So what do they do? They come in after they beat you to the pulp emotionally, and you don't even know what's happened. I mean, I just felt like who could ever love me? And what would it be like if I was free again? And wow, I feel alone with someone, more alone than I would if I were actually alone and knew I was alone. So those kinds of thoughts started coming into the fray, into the brain of the of the person receiving this behavior. But what happened? All of a sudden, I became beautiful, wonderful, the best cook, the best mother. All of a sudden, I got a four or five page letter of how great I am. And I didn't understand. I didn't understand how the same person who was saying things to me like, you can dress others and you can't dress yourself. And, and you know I don't eat meat while I'm cooking and I didn't even know he didn't eat meat. Or just attacking me for things that you're just making up out of the air, the spinning plates. But I didn't know what that was yet. But he was re-auditioning. I just didn't understand what that meant. He was saying everything I wanted to hear in the marriage. But what he didn't think on and what I didn't know was that just like I took in all that angst from his behavior towards me, I didn't believe him. I had too many examples. And to think that in even re-auditioning throughout the process where I wouldn't be spoken to for two or three months, but then he would go and buy me a car or he would put a swing set in the yard or, you know, it was almost like a, another re-auditioning once I got pushed to the edge. And then he'd reel me back in, reel me back in, reel me back in. By the end, I was so emotionally worn out, torn down, not understanding what was happening because I didn't have words for it yet. I didn't believe anything I heard. So the re-auditioning worked for many years because I knew, think about before I even had children, at about six months into the marriage, I remember seeing a person, a man, an older man, engineer, very bright man, but quiet, who lived alone in the building. He was divorced. And I thought, hmm, he reminds me of my husband, and people like that end up alone. I knew it. That is how sharp 
our instincts are, even without books on narcissism, even without all of that. That's why I always say we know God even if no one ever told us. Because I knew that nobody ever told I had no idea what the heck the psychology of any of that was. But I did know what I felt. Our instincts are the deepest part of us. And it knows us better than anybody else. It knows us better than we even know ourselves, more than we are willing to acknowledge. I see in the chat, we have a full chat today. We have Eliana, and we have Francis, and we have Liam, and we have Maria. And um, Eliana writes, I love the re-auditioning. See, knowledge is power. Awareness of these things says, oh, this is the re-auditioning part. So when I pull away, they come right back in, and they woo me back in, and I keep coming back. When someone says, why do you keep coming back? Well, anyone would who's being loved by the person that cuts them up. That's the manipulation. Let alone the gaslighting and all the the titles we have for stuff I felt and just knew before I knew the words to say what it was. So Maria White writes, I wonder, White. (laughs) That's funny. I hate when I do that, but it's funny. I wonder if in a couple's relationship where one of them has traces of narcissism can be beneficial, healthy for them after working on it. It can because I still love, love my husband. I never stopped loving him. But I understood that love is love is love. I get what Christ was saying. But the relationships are different. I asked him to go for help, work on it with me. I was willing. I saw a lot of good things in him. I had a lot of compassion for him. But if I was going to break down to the point that I couldn't function as a person to be with him, it's like not eating a food that's going to literally make you sick and eventually hurt your body to illness. I was already in the illness phase. I was already not eating. I was probably like now I I might be between 115 and 120 pounds and I'm, I'm pretty thin. I was under 100 pounds. So I was skeletal because when I get upset, some people eat, some people don't eat. I'm unfortunately, well, I don't know which one's more unfortunate, but I didn't eat. I didn't open my mouth to talk because I was so scared if I said something that that would also be used against me. My brain got to the point that I knew if I asked for a blue straw, I would get anything but the blue straw that I wanted didn't matter what you plugged into the formula. But we all have traces. It's not of narcissism, though, but of self-care or self-worth or self-love. And we will all watch out for ourselves because we have to survive. 
But when we do it at the expense of others and we don't care what it does to others, like, well, I'll just get what I want and the heck with them. That's different than I do what I want so I understand that other people want. So I would like for my family, my partner, to also do what they want. I don't need them to not do what they want so that they can serve me. Because if they do what they want, they won't have enough time for me. They will not be able to serve me. So if it gets to where both of you are fighting for one of you, that can be a problem because the one who's fighting to stay in the relationship to please the one that's that's asking for everything but not returning fire, not relaying, not energy exchanging, then one of them is going to feel pretty darn left out. But if the two of you are working on the relationship and there's a give and take and there is an energy exchange, yes, it could work. Narcissists have some really great traits to them, and I I don't want to overlook that, and I don't want to say narcissism is good. It's obviously a problem, but there's different degrees of it. When somebody is first hurt by them, they can only think of all the weird that was going on because now it's making sense, and you're like, oh! Oh, my God, now I know why. Oh, my gosh, they didn't just do that to me. But it's really hard to walk away from the fact that it wasn't personal to you. They would have done that to anyone. And if you feel like a plug-in to someone, like, you know, they really don't care about me. But if I don't do what they want, they they will hurt me. They will make me feel bad about me. They will take away more of the relationship, and I don't know if I can handle that and stay. Especially when you are already married and you already have children with that person. We are sensitive people. They are sensitive people, but we are sensitive to different things. When I tell someone who's pretty narcissistic that I saw Christ and I start to say what Christ said, I see a young child emerge from them that has hope again. And when I see that, when I see them want to believe so bad and so scared to believe, I know that they can't help who they are. I may not be able to sustain a very close relationship with somebody who's really deep into narcissism because it's way too predictable for me. I know what's always coming because it's, it's ego is predictable and they're running on ego. But not not like the fun ego. They're they're running on the torture of ego. So I have compassion. I pray for the people who are going through that a lot. I ask for them 
to have glimpses of peace of mind because if they had peace of mind, they wouldn't need to do what they're doing. One of the hardest things for somebody who's suffering, and I have to say suffering from narcissism, is the truth, which is the complete antithesis. Antithesis, I can't even say it. I don't know the word in English, but I think you guys know what it is. But the complete, I want to say embodiment of narcissism is protecting their vulnerability, their insecurity. That they are the complete picture of injured love, behaving as injured love, but looking as ahead of the curve. Nice car, a lot of emphasis on looks, a lot of emphasis on how great they are because they need to try to fill that void of being able to feel for themselves, which is why they cannot feel for others. But if they do something, then there's proof that they're good. If they're good at their job, there's proof that they're a good person. And they need that proof in a different way than somebody who doesn't need that kind of proof. We have come full circle with the conversations on narcissism to the point where we can grow to compassion, not this thing. We may not like it. But sometimes I look at people, in, in, in this case now, in this point in our history, public figures who are either listening to a narcissist or are the narcissistic personality themselves. And I see how fragile they are. They will lash out. They're like always lashing out. They're throwing mud at everything that threatens their stand, the stand they believe they deserve, that they didn't get. Because what happened to them happened to them at such a young age that they don't even know how far back to trace it. They don't even know it actually happened to them. They think that that's just who they are and that's the best way to be, that nobody is as smart as they are because that no one can take away from them is their titles, is the proof that they are okay. It's easier to love them from afar. I mean, I still send gifts at Christmas. I send good messages through the kids. I see him. I always greet him with love and with respect. I am thankful for the relationship because had it not been for that relationship, This is why I know God makes no mistakes. I could talk about it in a bad way for the rest of my life, but it wasn't as bad as it looked at the time. Because now I have the the luxury of hindsight being 20-20. But I also have the luxury of having seen Christ and having love really explained to me. That's why I'm so intent on fighting for things like our souls, our feelings, because if we're having them, especially those deepest instincts, they all turned out to be right. 
But in life on earth, it took me years to understand that. Once I saw it all play out, and then I'd go back and say, holy cow, I thought I knew that. So now when I have that instinct, I know it much faster, much sooner than I did before. But that's the beauty of experience. That's the beauty of continuous learning. That's the beauty of knowing that our instinct is telling us something. So Liam says in the chat, some people can display characteristics of narcissism at different stages in their life, but it can be a mental health breakdown, but it doesn't mean they are full-blown narcissists. Narcissism is a mindset. We don't become narcissistic and then we're not narcissistic. Narcissism is based on the proof is in the pudding. And they are, there's a fear of their insecurity being seen. So it's a mask. It's a mask on top of the real person. Having a, a breakdown throughout life for other reasons, because a lot of mental illnesses are narcissistic in nature. They cannot see anything around them. Like I have a niece who's full-blown Paranoid schizophrenic, full-blown. It's very hard to have a conversation with her outside of what she needs, outside of what she sees and how she sees it. And you cannot tell her different. And she refuses medication, so she is suffering. But she thinks that we're the ones who need the medication. She's teaching me a lot about limits, about how much we can do legally, how much we can do emotionally. Seeing that human being cross the line to a violent nature. But that's a whole different mental breakdown that you may be talking about, Liam. But it's not like... I might have characteristics of narcissism here and not here because it's based on an insecurity. And if I don't initially have that insecurity, then I, I cannot just operate on ego. Now, there may be times we have to fight for ourselves differently, but that's different than the mindset that we have. Narcissism, just it, it slides into this person And they have that fight or flight feeling. As a child, they feel that they weren't important enough to be loved a certain way. They try to get other people to come in and and who have what they don't have. And my husband said that to me when, when we finally broke up. He said, but we were perfect. You had everything I didn't have. He was right. I was everything he wasn't. I didn't have it, per se. I just was it. But he also just was that. But he knew enough to know that. My niece, my niece said to her mother, you come to me with all these great solutions, but you don't even know me. I am the complete opposite of you. The complete opposite. 
They know. They know. They tell on themselves all the time. That's what breaks my heart. That's why I pray for them. Because I know they are suffering. And they are suffering covered up in pretty colored clothes, pretty colored cars, houses in great neighborhoods, because they have to show, show and tell. Because that's the only way they can actually feel like they've achieved anything, like they are worth anything. Because they can say, but look at my accolades, look what I've done. And you could see that, that, um, you want to see validation of that when you compliment them. When you say, wow, what a beautiful house. Oh, yeah, it's nothing. They need to be able to say that. Or, or they may, depending on how, where they are on the, through the pendulum swing, they may say, oh, yeah, you know, I really worked hard for this. I've always wanted to live here, and now I've achieved that. And I just got a promotion at work or my practice just started growing. They're not bad people by choice or hurtful people by choice or mean per se. And if you ever see someone who is, and I mean struggling with that, just say a prayer for them. Just let them know, hey, you've done a great job and leave it there. And on that note, we're going to go off to the weekend. I love you guys. I will see you on Monday morning. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.